Well, hey there, and welcome to the Enough Already podcast. This is the place where we talk about the mindset and strategies for growing a sustainably profitable, purpose-driven consulting and coaching business. I'm your host, Betsy Jordan, and today I'm super excited to have on my show, Michelle Massman. Michelle is a seasoned entrepreneur with a ton of experience in navigating the ups and downs of running her own business. And in this episode, she's gonna be sharing her secrets to long-term success, which includes the importance of taking action and being open-minded and flexible on your specific business model and your products and services. So sit back, relax, get ready to take some notes as we dive into the art of figuring things out with Michelle Massman. So welcome to the show, Michelle. I'm so excited to have you here. I'm so excited to be here, Betsy. I've always enjoyed your show and I'm super happy to be on it. So before we get into our conversation, I would love for you to just take a moment, introduce yourself and share a little bit more about what you do. Okay, well, I'm Michelle Massman and I have been an entrepreneur for 30 years. Uh, so it feels like it's been a really long time. Um, I do a lot of consulting work, mostly with entrepreneurs and with business leaders. I also am vice president for two music groups and just dabble in a lot of other things. So, but consulting is probably my first passion. So it's interesting for me is, so we worked on your branding, what, like two years ago or something like that? During the pandemic, that was one of our pandemic activities. I remember a story that you talked about on how you got into entrepreneurship. And I think it has to do with like you growing up in a family and you were having expectations to go one particular way with a career. And you're like, no, I want to go this way. Can you go back in time and share a little bit more about that story around how you got into entrepreneurship? Sure. It's, you know, it's kind of interesting because I think growing up, I always knew that I liked kind of running my own thing. Um, and anybody who knows me would laugh at that. But I also realized once I got into the work world that I really hated being an employee. Um, I really didn't like the idea of being a boss either, but I liked just having the autonomy to do my own thing. And I grew up in what a lot of people would call a somewhat dysfunctional family. And so out of that process, I really learned that I liked being able to make my own decisions and move things forward on my own. So I learned quickly that entrepreneurship was probably the best route for me and started my company when I was 22. What was your first company? Well, the first version of the company, I say that because the companies had the same name the entire time. It's always been Massman Companies. And one of the reasons that I chose to name it in that way was because even at the age of 22, I was already kind of being known in my family as the person who couldn't keep a job. Aww. And it was because every time I got a new job, as soon as I learned it, had it down, understood what I was supposed to do, I was incredibly bored. And so then it was time to move on because, you know, once I had figured it out, what was the point? And so I kept moving from job to job. So when I started the company, I named it that way because I knew that the likelihood was I wasn't going to keep doing the same thing forever. Mm -hmm. And so when I started the company, what I was really doing a lot of was event production, event planning, event decorating, working with people on everything from weddings to large scale conferences. Wow. So you're a total action person. You like to get <laughs> yes. stuff done with a lot of different people. Yes, that is very true. I am very action oriented. And uh, that comes from way back. Also, I, I just have always felt like if you want to do something, you need to jump into it and do it right away. 
because you don't know how much time you're going to have. So you don't want to wait and just assume that it's going to be a retirement project or that you're going to do it in 10 years when your kids are grown or whatever the excuse is. I'm, I'm big on just doing things right away. So your journey into entrepreneurship is just, you know, in some ways, entrepreneurship makes sense for you and your personality, the way that you're driven and that you just like to keep doing new things. I do remember there's like a specific story though, and I don't remember exactly the details around the, there, there was something that happened. There was a cautionary tale that you witnessed of somebody being in a job for a long time. Like, could you remind me of that story? Cause I remember how impactful it was to me around like the, the excitement you have around entrepreneurship? Well, I think that, you know, there's, there's a couple things that happened in my past that I think put me in the position where I am. Um, and the first one really, which I, isn't the story you're thinking of, but the first one really was that I had a very close friend in high school who passed away the fall after we graduated. He died in a car accident. And it was a huge wake up call to me because it was the first person I was really close to that wasn't 90 something that passed away. And so it really impacted me that we we're not guaranteed any amount of time. And so whatever you're going to do, you really have to decide to do it right away because you don't know how many years you're going to get. And the second thing, um, which may be what you're referring to was in dealing with my dad, my dad passed away when he was 61. But he had worked for our local power company. He had worked there for his entire career, uh, retired from there, actually ending up retiring with a medical disability because he developed COPD and emphysema. But he really was one of those people that believed that you worked for the same company for 30 or 40 years, you got your gold watch, you retired, and then you did all the fun things you wanted to do. So he planned on traveling and moving out west and doing all kinds of things that he really had an expectation he was going to have time to do. And then in the end, it turned out that he really didn't. After he wow. retired, he didn't have much longer. And so that was a really, that was a big deal to me too, that in the process, when I started my business, we had so many people, my husband and I started it together. When we started it, we had so many people who said, oh my gosh, you don't want to be an entrepreneur. You're taking such a huge risk. You know, you need to have a stable job and a stable income. And my, my feeling was that being in a long-term kind of corporate, what they considered stable job was not really mm. a good route to go. So everybody has their own thing, but my life experience was, nope, I need to strike out on my own and just keep doing different things. So interesting and in how people define what security is. And some people feel like I put my security in a company and they're going to provide for me. Right. Versus you, it sounds like you put your security in yourself as I'm going to make my own way and I'm going to make my own fortune. And that's going to be where your security is. Am I hearing that accurately? Oh, absolutely. And it's a great way to put it because it really is just believing in myself as the way to kind of move through life. I've always said money is not my big driver. And so I'm sure that's probably why uh, a job like that isn't security to me because I don't feel vulnerable around money. Not that I wouldn't love to have lots more. I think most of us would, but the, I've never felt vulnerable around it because I've always felt like if something happens, I can get another job. I can make more money, but I don't want to take the risk that I might not be able to do the things that I want to do. So, so you're right. Security is a very different thing for different people. And for me, it's not about being hooked to a corporate job for money. So, well, and I think that there's other things in that story too, is 
you know, you don't know how much time you're going to have. So if you're going to wait to do all the good stuff after you're retired, you may never get a chance to do all of that, that you need to do it now. And that's a, yeah. that seems like a gift that got that, even though that was a tragedy of what happened to you, it sounds like it happened when you were pretty young. It still was a gift in, in disguise in a certain way that put you on a path. Oh, absolutely. I think it's, I think it's so true. And it definitely comes out in the work that I've done with so many people. I, I think about, uh, I had a, I had a friend who ended up being a client as well, many years ago, who had told me for a long time that she really wanted to be a freelance writer. That was, that was her dream. And she was working in corporate jobs. She had been a journalist, then she went into corporate. And so she called me one day and said that she just found out she was getting laid off from her position. And she was just in tears. And I said, Oh my gosh, that's fantastic. And mm -hmm. I think she thought I was the most unfeeling person she had ever met. And I said, no, no, we have to get together for coffee right now. She said, okay. So we met and I said, no, you don't understand. This is wonderful. They laid you off. You're going to get unemployment. Now's the perfect time for you to start your freelance business. And she was just staring at me like a deer in the headlights. And I said, no, seriously, this, this is such a gift. And so by the time we finished, she decided that, yes, that was absolutely what she was going to do. And she went home and she told her husband that she got laid off, but she was going to start her business, her freelance business. And I think I was the antichrist to him for a couple of years. <laughs> I would imagine. <laughs> well, you know what? I have a great idea for a side business if we want to make more money between the two of us, because I have the same philosophy as like these horrible things that happen are these gifts in disguise. So we should create a card line, you know, like, congratulations, you got laid off. Hooray, you hit clinical burnout. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I think you're right. Your job, your boss just, you, your job just got redefined and now you hate it, you know, and we can give out these cards to people because it's like your custom invitation to something else. I completely agree. And yes, uh, you know, offline, we will talk about that because I okay. think that could be a very important thing to consider. Yes. I think between the two of us and our creativity, like we'll come up with some great cards and we'll get your husband involved and, you know, he'll, <laughs> we'll do have a good brainstorming session. I think that sounds great. And by the way, um, this client of mine, I'll let her remain nameless, but inside of a year, she was making more than she was at her corporate job. Wow. And more importantly, what was her happiness like? Oh, so happy. So happy to be in that position and, you know, continued running her own business for a very long time. Now she does work for another company again, made that choice because it was suitable for her family at the time and really excited about it. So she's very happy, very happy. Very cool. Okay. So tell me a little bit how you went from the event business then into your next business. So what was the next iteration of Massman Enterprises? Well, you know, I... Our company just kind of kept morphing and um, it, it always does. So we did a lot of event production and things like that. Eventually that turned into doing a lot more marketing work and publicity work for people. Uh, in the process of all of that, I was getting phone calls from other women who were starting their own businesses, who were looking for coaching and consulting help on getting their business started. And at that time, um, remember, because I've been around for a while, at that time, there really weren't a lot of programs out there that were helping women start businesses. And so when I went looking for resources for them, I couldn't find any. So I talked to several other women that I knew who were business owners, and we decided to start a nonprofit. 
So we started a 501c3 back then to help women learn how to launch their businesses and started doing work in that way. So in addition to my own consulting work, I was also then running a nonprofit organization, helping women business owners, which we did for quite a long time. And then as more of those services became available, we were able to kind of transition out of that. But I continued working with women business owners a lot, women entrepreneurs, um, obviously not just women, but they were kind of my sweet spot for a long time, helping them figure out how to start and grow their businesses. And I still do a lot of that work now. So it's interesting. So when we were working together, you had this business where you were managing all of these musical groups, and then you wanted to build this, um, the build the consulting and coaching side. But it sounds like the consulting and coaching side with women business owners or business owners in general, entrepreneurs, it, that's been going on consistently throughout your whole entire, as you were doing all your other businesses, you were doing all of that on the side. Is that accurate? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've never given up on the consulting work that I do. It's taken a larger or a smaller role in my overall time over the years, but but I've done that for a very long time and I love it. I love consulting with people. I did start working with a couple of music groups uh, quite a number of years ago, partially because I met uh, Kindred Spirit in my partner, Sean, who is the lead singer and owner of the music group. And uh, we our paths crossed and we just really clicked. And we were both suffering a little bit from burnout at the time and decided that creatively we could help each other with our businesses, which we did. And I became vice president for the music group and have served in that capacity for a long time. Um, and it's really been fun. It's not an industry that I was familiar with. I didn't know anything about it. I actually tried to dissuade him from hiring me to help him because I didn't know anything about the industry, but he was adamant that that was the reason he wanted me. And uh, we've been really good business partners ever since. And I enjoy that work. I love working with him on that. I have always continued to do some consulting work along with that and enjoy that as well. It's just, it's great to work with entrepreneurs of all types. And I'm so excited about continuing to expand all the things that I do. So how is it, like, what would, what would you say is the secret to this kind of longevity as an entrepreneur? A lot of the people I work with, they're first time entrepreneurs and they have a hard time visualizing like, how can I make this successful over time? So it seems like there's like one component of your secret sauce is that you, you had like a real conviction that you wanted to do your own thing. And that made you make that decision. It seems like there's a second thing is that you've been open to growing in and evolving yourself over time. Um, three, it seems like you're a really good researcher of resources and figuring out what you need to do and that type of thing. Fourth, it feels like I'm hearing you take action. I don't know if these are your secret sauce. What would you say? That's what I'm hearing listening to you. But what would you say is the secret to longevity as an entrepreneur? Uh, you know, I think in my case in particular, part of it is just a constant desire to learn about things and to get to know people. I am so connection oriented. I love people. I love building relationships with people. I love learning about what they're doing and I'm a helper. So I, I no sooner start having a conversation with somebody and the first thing that starts rolling in my head is, okay, is this somebody that I really like that I want to get to know and I want in my life? And second, what can I do to help them? And so that just is kind of how I roll all the time. And so I think that's been a part of the secret to my entrepreneurial life as well in that I'm always scanning for opportunities, whether it's an opportunity for someone that I've met, someone that is already working with me for myself. 
And whenever I find opportunities that I think really need to be built, I want to build them because mm-hmm. I, I love to build things too. So, so it's just kind of a constant roller coaster. And I'm always looking for those fun activities, fun new things, fun new people that I can be with. So I think that's part of part of my secret is just always getting to know people and looking for those opportunities for myself and for other people. So it doesn't sound like you're afraid of getting out there marketing, you know, and and doing the kinds of things that most people are afraid of. What what has allowed you to have that kind of confidence and or at least that lack of concern about some of the things that others are concerned about? You know, I, to be honest, I'm not even really sure where that changed because when I was little, I was very shy and nobody who knows me now ever believes that, but it was totally true. I was very shy when I was little. I, it was hard for me to speak up, but somewhere along the line, it shifted. And, uh, probably around the time that I started college for whatever reason, and I have no fear about asking for things, getting to know people, looking for resources, I don't know why. I honestly don't know why I have incredible confidence in that. I am so like so many other people in that I suffer from imposter syndrome, just like everybody else does in some cases. In other cases, I just have a really strong conviction that I want to make things happen. And that means I have to be able to step out of myself and ask for quests, ask for things, ask questions, get to know people, seek things out. And I just forge ahead and do it. So it seems like in the past few years, since we started working together during the pandemic on your branding, um, and we worked on some individual branding, and I don't, I'm not sure exactly where things have gone from there, but it feels like just observing you from afar is that there was a pivot time in 2020 that you were really serious about building this consulting, coaching, business mentoring side of your business. What was it that made you decide that? you know, this is kind of my direction. This is where I want to go with helping entrepreneurs and really building up this side of my, my brand, my thought leadership. You know, that's an easy answer, the pandemic, because prior to that, I was doing a lot of work with the music groups and that was taking up a large part of my time and I loved it. But when we hit the pandemic and shut down, obviously the entertainment industry got hit one of the most hard industries, obviously. And so we ended up canceling or rescheduling over 90 concerts in one year. Wow. So it was a huge hit. So I think there was a part of me that felt like, all right, I don't know how long this is going to go on. We're going to have to figure out how we're going to generate revenue. We're going to have to figure out how we can help other people we know in the industry. So Sean and I both really spent a lot of time figuring out what we could do on the music side, what we could do for that, and ended up creating a virtual holiday tour in 2020, which was a huge undertaking. And talk about, you know, just jumping in with both feet on technology. But at the same time, I was also ending up doing a lot more consulting work, which kind of rejuvenated my interest in that area and really got me excited about some of the people that I was helping. But I was getting phone calls every day from people that I knew in the entertainment industry, people that I knew that were outside of it, friends, colleagues, people I knew from all over the country, everybody was trying to adapt, right? Everybody was trying to figure out how do I operate my business in a different way? 
based on what's happening with the pandemic and how do I move this forward? And so I felt like every day, that's what I was doing. I was troubleshooting. I was taking what, what I now lovingly call SOS calls, which are actually available on my website, which are seriously one hour calls that people book with me. And at the time I was doing them back to back all day, every day with people that were calling and saying, now, what do I do? And then we were just slowly working through it and figuring it out. And I was figuring it out for myself as well. So your opportunistic skill sets really shine, shone, shined, whichever way they really right. dazzled during the, <laughs> during the pandemic, where again, taking an opportunity that others may seem as difficult and you turned it around. It seems like that's a life theme for you is other people would see, you know, your dad dying prematurely getting laid off and now a pandemic as something difficult. You look at it as an opportunity. I think I do. I think I look at everything as an opportunity and as a way to learn from something. And so I knew that there were going to be a lot of lessons that came out of the pandemic. I knew there was going to be a lot of tragedy. There was going to be a lot of things that we really had to struggle through. And personally, it was very hard. It was hard not only on our business, but also uh, my husband and I lost my father-in-law to COVID. And so mm. it was it was a personal tragedy as well. So it was a very hard time. And everybody that I knew was going through a very hard time, whether with their business, with their children, with family members, people who lost people, just an incredible amount of fear that was going on. And I don't like to say that I was looking for opportunities in all of that because I was really trying to support people as well. Right. But a big part of that support for me enable being able to support people was around their businesses because that's so much of what I do. And I'm a problem solver. That's been part of my life since I was a kid. Everybody always came to me with every little problem that they had and wanted me to help them fix it. And so I've done that forever. And so it just felt like in that moment, part of what I was being called to do was help people that I knew who were running businesses, who owned businesses to figure out their way through all of that. It seems like you have an expertise in some ways around people who have businesses that are entertainment or creative. Like you talk about Sean and you talk about your friend who's a writer. It seems like you have a unique way of connecting with people who have more of like the creative talents and adding in some of that business acumen. Is that accurate? Yeah, I think in some ways it definitely is. I mean, a lot of my clients have been in those kinds of creative fields. I've also had clients who... Um, have started, who own a therapy clinic, who've owned businesses that are multi-level marketing. I, I've worked with a lot of different kinds of people. And to be honest, I probably actually seek out clients that are in areas that are very different from my own and different from things that I've done in the past because of my insatiable desire to keep learning and to keep seeing how to play connect the dots. I've spent a lot of time over the years also connecting my clients to each other, to other resources. And so I love to learn about different things. I, I wasn't kidding when I said during the pandemic that the technology thing was just huge, but it was amazing to me to learn all these ways that you could do things with technology that most of us hadn't been doing before, or certainly hadn't been doing to any great extent. And so the more I learned about it, the more I found myself making phone calls to my clients, my colleagues, these people that I knew who were adapting and saying, you know what I just learned? You could do this. You could turn your business into an online service. You could. So I, I love to learn from different people. So my clients have always ranged in so many ways. And 
I, you know, I like to play connect the dots. So that's cool. So I love the fact that you've been able to create a work life that really makes the best use of all of these different skill sets. You know, all your passion, all your interest, but your driver is this curiosity to learn, to make your own way and to create your life. So when it comes to um, your thought leadership, so recently, I think it was last year that you went through Carol Cox's um, Thought Leader Academy, speaking your brand is um, Carol Cox's company. What motivated you to sign up for for that particular program? You know, when I came across that program, I was so excited because Carol is amazing at what she does. And she does a great job of helping women learn how to express their thought leadership and to really hone in on their speaking skills. It was a great program. I was excited to be a part of it. I learned a lot. I made some lifelong friends and some business collaborations out of it as well. But when I went into it, part of it, I was a little hesitant because I wasn't necessarily planning on focusing my business on being a speaker on, you know, on a permanent basis. I do love to speak, but I've never considered myself a wonderful professional speaker because I don't like giving the same presentation over and over. And a lot of professional speakers, that's part of what they do is honing in on their message and then repeating that message to a number of different audiences that need it. And people who can do that amaze me. I can work like crazy, create the speaking presentation that I want to do. I go give it the first time and then I'm done. I'm ready to move on. And that's not really a good business model for a professional speaker because it takes a lot of time to put that together. But she does such a great job of helping people learn how to do that how to really make their messages count. And she's so supportive of women. And that's truly important to me as well. So I loved going through her program and I learned a lot that I use in practice. And I learned a lot that I've helped my clients with because of that. And so it was great for me because it helped me kind of dig in and think about what my thought leadership really was. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of where I came back to the idea about taking action, that in whatever way, shape or form, I'm helping people do that, whether I'm speaking to a group of people or doing it in the consulting and the coaching work that I do. It really is about helping people understand that they need to keep moving forward. They need to keep taking action. And so I'm actually working on developing a program right now that's a digital course and will also be a a small cohort of people helping to learn them how to go from stuck to unstoppable. Wow, that's beautiful. I I love love that. that. I love that kind of idea. And it's certainly not original. There's lots of other things out there that, you know, use that same concept of going from stuck to unstoppable. But it really spoke to me because I feel like in my own life and in the lives of many of the people I work with, we get stuck. Sometimes it's stuck just for a little while. Sometimes it's stuck for a long time in life, in business. But there's so many ways that it happens to us. And I discovered that I kind of have a pattern about how I get myself unstuck. And so several people said to me, why aren't you teaching this to other people? And I said, because it seems like common sense to me. And they said, it's not common sense. It's it's a great way to kind of help people walk through how to do that, how to move through being stuck and get to the other side and start moving forward. So that is, you know, in the final stages of development. And I'm going to take some people through that in a live Zoom cohort to kind of kick it off so that we can all learn from each other. So if anybody's interested in that, I'd love to hear from you. Well, can you give more specifics of how they could find out? What's the address? 
Well, absolutely. You can you can go to my website, which is just michellemassman.com slash unstoppable and see information about how to get involved in that. And just check out my website for information on the other services that I provide and how I work with people. I, I love talking to people. So I'm always happy to book calls with people just to chat, find out if we're a good fit, or just to find out about the kind of business that they operate. So what I like about what you're saying here is it feels like it's a true manifestation of the different attributes. Like when we work through your superpowers, you know, you're this visionary warrior person, you know, where you have this ability to take an idea and activate it really quickly. And it seems like you kind of bypass a lot of that analysis paralysis that a lot of people get stuck in, you know, how, like, how do you bypass it? Like, could you have, like, could you give like a little bit of your tips on how do you, how do you do that? You know, or some of the things that you might be teaching in that program to bypass the analysis paralysis. Well, you know, there's a number of things that I do for myself and that I do suggest for other people as well. And one of them definitely goes back to that whole concept of taking action, because I'm a big believer that action comes before motivation. And I think sometimes when people are stuck, they feel like at some point they'll get motivated to do something. And then once they get motivated, then they can get things rolling. And I very, very much believe that the action comes before the motivation. Think about the last time that you really didn't want to go to the gym to work out. You know, a lot of us get into that mode where it's like, the I don't want to go time, work out. Um, yeah. <laughs> last time is it today? <laughs> exactly. Like, exactly. Yesterday, the day before yesterday. I hate working out. <laughs> I know. I, most people, most people I know do. Like, none of us want to take the time to go to the gym. And we can come up with every excuse for not going to the gym. I don't have time. I have more work I have to do. The kids need me. I, I haven't done laundry in a week. Um, you know, I don't know. The windows are dirty, right? You know, whatever excuse we can come up with. But as soon as we go and we start working out, we feel good. And we like that feeling and it builds the endorphins and we keep working out. And even though we promised ourselves we only had to go for 15 minutes, suddenly an hour goes by and we feel great. We feel happy about ourselves. And so I am a real big believer that the action comes before the motivation. So what I tell people to do when they're stuck is we need to figure out, okay, what's causing you to be stuck and why are you feeling that way? But then What's the end result that we're really looking for? And what are the tiny little actions that we can take to start moving in that direction? I'm a big believer in tiny habits, in daily habits. I love those books. I love those concepts. And so I work a lot with people on figuring out how to do that. So for myself, one of the ways that I get unstuck when I really feel it is I try to choose instead of baking chocolate chip cookies and turning on my favorite movie, which is what I feel like doing, I try to figure out, are there two or three tiny things that I can do that will move me towards my ultimate goal? Even if it's just making one phone call, doing one Google search, whatever it is, just take the one step and start moving in that direction. Yeah. So instead of like worrying about a huge workout schedule, it's like, just say, I'll work out for 10 minutes. Exactly. Exactly. Just do 10 and, minutes. That's it. And you could do 10 minutes, like 10 minutes, and then you can go, you know, bake your cookies and, and watch your TV show, but just do 10 minutes. Exactly. And that's, and that's actually what I tell people. I actually set a timer for myself. This is how crazy I am. I actually, if to, in order to get myself to take action, sometimes I literally have to do that. I have to say, all right, I'm setting the timer for 15 minutes. 
I'm going to make as much, you know, I can do as much research in 15 minutes, or I'm going to make a couple phone calls, or I'm going to go out and take that walk, but whatever I can do in 15 minutes. And when that timer goes off, then I can move on to something else. What I often find myself doing is resetting the timer four or five or six times because I want to keep going. It's, it's interesting as you're validating some of the ideas that I've been playing around with that I'm I'm actually getting ready to launch for my business is I, um, I've been trying to figure out how do I give people the skills around the entrepreneurial skills, because a lot of people I work with are first time entrepreneurs and digital marketing, as you and I both know, is like crazy with tons of moving pieces and parts. And I've been trying to figure out in my mentoring, like I want to train people. I'm like, I think I need to break these skills out into these little things. And I'm calling these like these. I'm creating this community and we're going to do like these weekly, what I'm calling quick win webinars, you know, where it's like, we're going to take a small skill, not everything. I'm not going to teach you everything about copywriting. I'm not going to teach you everything about doing a proposal or partnership setup or whatever it is. One skill, this teeny tiny skill. How do you make a bullet, you know, for a sales page? How do you do a headline for a sales page, you know, or your email or whatever your, your blog? And making it small is that it seems like that's in alignment with what you're saying creates traction. Absolutely. No, absolutely. And I think that, and I think that's so important because as consumers, we've become less able to consume in long spans of time. I mean, don't you think so? People are, you know, TikTok videos, YouTube videos. I mean, everything has to be short because that's kind of how we consume things. So we're learning to do that that that's kind of our go-to is to do things in short segments. But I also think it's one way that we continue to move things forward. So I think it's a brilliant idea for you to do that. And actually one of the things that I started doing in the last six months or so as well is I actually also do 20 minute calls. Right now I'm calling them Take Action 20, but who knows, they might have a new name very soon. But what I started doing was doing micro coaching in 20 minute segments. Because what I found was that for a lot of my existing clients and also for new people calling me, they really had something very specific that they needed and they needed to deal with something quickly. So rather than even booking an hour of time to talk about it, they, we just book a 20 minute, 20 minute call. I've had people call me with everything from, I just found out that my business partner is embezzling and I have no idea what to do. Oh no. Literally. Oh, to. Oh, no. Oh yeah. To, you know, I've decided that I want to launch this new product, but I've never, I've never written a book before. So I don't know where to start or, you know, or small things like I need a new accountant. How do I decide who to get? I've had the same person forever. So it's, it's these things where some of them obviously are going to turn into much longer conversations, but at least initially, you know, I can tell you, yes, if your business partner is embezzling, there are some decisions you need to make. And if you decide that you want to pursue this, you're going to have to call your county attorney. I can tell you these things. I've had to go through this. So I, I do know about this topic. But even with the other things, sometimes it's just a matter of you need that jumping off point with someone. You need to have just that quick conversation. And for a lot of people, they have friends, colleagues, people that they trust that they make that call to. For other people, I'm what I consider, I call myself an on-demand vice president. And that's why I do a lot of my consulting and coaching under is that idea of being an on-demand vice president. What I mean by that is for a lot of entrepreneurs and small business owners, it's them. They're solopreneurs just all by themselves. It's very helpful to have a vice president 
It's very helpful if you can do it to have somebody who's there to help you make the decisions, talk things right. through, right. figure out what the next step is. But for a lot of people, they don't have that. So I like to do that for my clients. And in some cases, I've had clients for years that I might only talk to once a month, once a quarter, but I know their story. I know the background of their business. So when they call me, they don't have to start over. They can just jump in. It's like, hi, let's spend five minutes catching up. And now here's where I need your help. And then I can do that because I already know all the background. I know all the players. I can, I can help them in a quick way, but they don't have to hire someone on an ongoing basis. And we can really have that touch point that helps them move to the next step that they need to take or to answer the question, find the resource, do what it is that they need to do right now. And I love doing that for people. It's, it's fun for me. It's enlightening. I hope that I'm really helpful to a lot of my clients and to people that I know in business. It's a, it's a great way for me to utilize my services and all of the things that I love to learn about. You know, I'm always looking for how can I share this information? How can I connect the dots? And I found that doing this kind of work with people is one of the best ways. Seems like you're somebody who I take in information, I have to figure out how I apply it for myself right away. And then how do I teach it? You know, and there's like this learn, apply. And I think that's what got you into so many different, different areas is I'm going to learn it. I'm going to apply it. I'm going to teach it. I'm going to learn it. I'm going to apply it, teach it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, then it's what I love to do. And so I think if somebody told me that I was going to have to just keep doing the same thing over and over again, um, I'd probably implode. I don't know. It, it just wouldn't yeah. work for me. Um, but, but I do, I love to then teach it to help other people because that's one of the things that I love to do most is to help other people build their businesses, build their careers, move to the next level. And so for me, all this information that I take in is just kind of this huge, I don't know, warehouse of things that I can pull from every time that I'm working with people to help them and move them forward. And I learned so much along the way. It's, it's very, it's very fun. It's very gratifying to be able to help people in that way. What I love about your story is that there's like this through line of you trusting yourself and your own capabilities and your own ability to figure stuff out. So even as you went into the Thought Leader Academy, you know, you went into it and even though they had a specific goal, like, okay, you're going to become a keynote speaker and here's what the message is going to look like. You decided, no, my container is going to be this digital course and this program that I'm creating. That's going to be my container, my expression of this whole idea of unstuck to unstoppable. And you still trusted yourself, even though it may not be exactly what other people are saying, you know, where's this trust in yourself come from? You know, to be honest, Betsy, just between you, me, and everybody who's listening, I haven't got the foggiest idea. I, <laughs> I really, I really don't. Um, you know, I, like I said, when I was growing up, I mean, like everybody else or everybody else I know, there was a certain level of dysfunction in my family. I grew up, you know, feeling like I wasn't good enough. I wasn't sure that I belonged that, you know, I mean, there's so many of those things that we all deal with. And I don't know where I developed that major trust in myself. I don't always have it, just so you know. It's not 100% of the time. There are lots of times that I question if I'm doing the right thing or, you know, what I the decisions that I'm making. But I think that I've always felt like I want to be responsible for myself 
And I want to be the best at whatever I'm doing so that I can be responsible to other people as well. I probably worry more about making a mistake or giving bad advice to someone else than I do about making a bad decision for myself. If I make a bad decision in my business or for me, it's all on me and I will take the blame and I will deal with it. But I would have, I would be devastated if I made a bad decision for someone else or if I caused them to take a path that wasn't good for them. And so it's probably part of the reason why I'm so diligent about learning so many things and going, seeking out resources, because if I'm going to give somebody advice or coach them, I want to make sure that I have the best information and the best answers that I can give them. And I will, I will dig in and try to find all of those things. At one point I had somebody who really needed to know some information about like finishing a, a claim for a business in the state of Iowa. I spent an entire weekend reading 572, 572 pages of the secretary of state of Iowa's website on how to run a business in their state, because I didn't want to give somebody the wrong answer. Wow. That's dedication for your clients. If you want somebody who's going to go above and beyond for, for you on the legal administrative stuff that makes us all exhausted, please contact Michelle. Don't contact me. I will not be reading 500 pages of the state of Iowa regulations ever. Yeah, is you know, believe me, it was not my favorite thing to do, but I felt very confident that I was giving them the right information. And that's, and that's super important to me. Um, there's a lot of other things that I dig into and learn just because I think it's really fun. That one wasn't so fun, but, no. but it was important. And, and that's how I feel about working with all of my clients and with people who contact me is that I, I want to be a great advocate for them. I want, I want to really be able to provide them good information and help them in any way that I can. So, so I think that I, to circle back to your question, I, I don't know if it's as much a trust that I have in myself and my abilities as it is knowing that no matter what, I'm going to dig in and learn as much as I possibly can before I give somebody an answer. Yeah. You'll figure it out kind of thing. So actually that's, to... that's funny that you say that because that is um, over and above everything. People tell me all the time that the thing I say the most often is we'll figure it out. Mm. It's that seems to be my catchphrase. I don't have it on a t-shirt yet, but maybe I should. Uh, but I, I, and I hear myself do it. People call me with all kinds of issues, problems, whether it's inside of the businesses that I help run and operate or clients that call me. And my response is we'll figure it out. And generally we always do. So maybe your big, your big thought leader idea isn't about action as much as we'll figure it out. And then you could take some action or we'll take some action. You know, it's like, we'll figure it out while we take action. Yes, that's my cycle. Apparently, Betsy, that's my cycle. We'll figure it out and we take action to figure it out. And we just kind of keep, we keep going. We keep finding the answers. So that's your thought leader. That's your thought leadership. So we talked a lot about different things. A lot of, we talked about a lot of different things that would lead to sustainable success as an entrepreneur. Out of everything that we talked about, if you were going to give one piece of advice, would that be the one piece of advice? Or is there something else that you would have as another piece of advice? You know, I think, you know, in terms of advice for people to really have a long-term sustainable career as an entrepreneur, I think what I would actually say is surround yourself with the best people possible. 
Mm. And I know that that's something that a lot of people say, I really do believe it. I would not be where I am with my own business without the people that are around me. I have an amazing husband who's extremely supportive, always has been, and partners with me in so many ways. I have a wonderful business partner in Sean on the music side of things, who I, he is a kindred spirit and has my back in every way. I would never give him up. I have so many wonderful friends and colleagues that I work with and we all have ups and downs, right? So if you're going to have a sustainable career as an entrepreneur or in any way, you have to have those people who you can turn to when you need the help, when you need the support, uh, the ones that are going to pick you up off the ground when you feel like you've just smacked into a wall. And that's the biggest thing that I think keeps you going. Taking action is super important. And I will always preach that to everyone that we have to take action every day. Even when you fall down, you have to get up and take a couple steps, but sometimes you're going to need a hand to hold. So you want to have a lot of them around you. Oh, that's great. Um, so is, is there anything else that you would want to tell me about entrepreneurship, creating a business? And I just didn't ask you the right question. Wow. I, you know, I don't know, Betsy, you are good at asking questions. So I, I don't, I don't know that there's really anything that, that you've missed. I, I would say that the work that I did with you was amazing and you do such an incredible job of really seeing inside people and helping them focus on what's important and helping to look at those brand ideas, but also from the standpoint of who you are as a person, not just what you're going to project. Because I think you really do understand that for people to be able to project their brand well, they have to know who they are and how they're putting themselves out into the world. So you do a wonderful job of that. You're a wonderful writer. And I've always been so grateful for all the times that I was batting my head against a wall and you would step in and help me figure out how to say what I was trying to say <laughs> or get it down in words. So, so I do want you to know that your impact has been profoundly felt for me and in all the ways that I've passed along things that I've learned from you to my clients. Wow. Thank you so much for saying that. I really appreciate it. And it was so much fun to work with you. And it's been, it's just a joy to catch up. We cannot, we cannot wait until my online show in order for us to catch up. We need to catch up other than that. But thank you so much for being here. And I know that other people are just going to be inspired by just this idea of setting a timer for 10 minutes. Like this is actionable. This is doable. And I just love how you break things down into something that's digestible and understandable. So thank you so much for being here. Well, I have really enjoyed being here and I, I agree that 10 minute timer has saved my life in so many ways. And the other thing outside of that, definitely don't be afraid to reach out and ask the question. It doesn't matter, you know, what you think about what it is you're trying to get unstuck from asking the question will move you forward. And you can ask me, you can ask the people in your world, but ask someone and, you know, get moving as fast as you can. Sounds beautiful. Thank you. So do you want to know my secret to long-term success as a business owner? It's simply this, start the right business. What do I mean by that? The right business is the one that is aligned to your unique strengths, your passions, your values, and your total life priorities. So do you need help with the art of figuring this out? Then head on over to my website at www.betsyjordan.com to learn more about my brand messaging VIP experience. In this exclusive, in-depth, 
one-on-one coaching experience, I'll do for you what I help Michelle with, which is to draw out of you the business that's in your heart and help you craft words to describe the unique value of what you do. And while you're there, don't forget to check out my brand new free guide that will help you describe the value of what you do with clarity, confidence, and credibility. And until next time, thanks for listening. Thank you for tuning in. If today's episode lit a fire on you, please rate and review Enough Already on Apple Podcasts or subscribe wherever you listen. And if you're looking for your next step, visit my website, BetsyJordan.com, B-E-T-S-Y-J-O-R-D-Y-N. You'll find e-courses and blogs that offer roadmaps for your success. Don't wait, start today.